Welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. And we have an exceptional guest today, a former, a former Army Ranger, LRS, for those of you that don't know, that's long-range surveillance expert, who's equipping communities and individuals with the tools and training they need to be safe. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I want to put a shout out to the segment sponsor, Honest Talk International and Circle for Parents. Both these organizations have a vetted network of experts that are standing by to help our listeners navigate issues related to nutrition, fitness, parenting, relationships, intimacy. I encourage you guys to visit their sites at uh, honestbirthtalk.com and circleforparents.com. And Circle for Parents is circle number four parents.com. Scott Wheeling, welcome to the show. You are CEO of Briggs Core Dynamics. I'm glad to have you. Thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. And it sounds like uh, you're doing great things. So well, I'm glad to be a part of it. Listen, I'm doing great things because you, people like you are out there doing great things. And I want to give people a little bit of uh, history on your background. You know, I, I remember growing up, my dad would say things uh, like wisdom flows two ways, right? Uh, which is one through mentorship and the other is through experience. And what I was so impressed about your background is you speak to both, both mentoring and uh, experience. And I know you're not going to brag on yourself, so I'm going to do a little bit of bragging for you. Um, I, want to, I want to give the listeners a snapshot of your background. Uh, you served uh, as an Army Ranger, so you went through Ranger School, so uh, became Long Range Surveillance, uh, 15 years military experience. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, and then multiple deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, served as a contractor. Uh, your military training includes Ranger, uh, Long Range Surveillance Leadership Course, Airborne, Air Assault, Survival, Tracking, Counter Tracking, and Drill Sergeant. Holy smokes, how do you have time to do anything else? Well, I'll tell you what, I was very fortunate when I was young in the military, and I, I always say I'm growing up in the military because that's really what I, I kind of did. I was a punk, you know, right out of high school, and I had, was lucky enough to have awesome mentors um, in high school. Uh, as well as as soon as I got in the military um, I was taken under someone's wing that really and I'll give a shout out to Courtney Cooper because he was my I don't know when I became a drill sergeant at that time I was the youngest person to ever graduate drill sergeant school is that right a lot yeah. of my privates that I had were older than me so instead of like you normally take privates on Sundays to church I'd take them to AA no <laughs> it was kidding. yeah it was kind of yeah. surreal and they were older than me but he, uh, you know, he was a great mentor, uh, Courtney, and um, he really guided me through that. And I, I grew up a lot during that time. So when, when you talk about mentorship, was this ingrained in you to look for somebody that had walked ahead of you on that path? Or, was, or was, did your parents say, <clears throat> hey, listen, the best way to make, you know, alleviate a lot of mistakes is to find somebody that's gone before you? I mean, what cued you into no, being a mentor or finding mentorship? I grew up. Um, really far out in the country. Yeah. My family are farmers. My dad, my first mentor, I think everybody's father is their first mentor if they've got a good father. And, uh, and he was phenomenal. If I, if I could become half the man that he is, you know, I th I'd be doing really good. And a great father. So that was first of all, first off. And then <clears throat> I just picked people I wanted to be like. And I've tried to tell my son the same thing. He just signed up, option 40 Ranger contract. Is that right? Yep, That's he cool. leaves for basic training in June. 
after he graduates high school. So I'm telling him the same thing, the same thing. And it's kind of weird because there's a 12 week ranger assessment and selection phase, RASP, they call it. Okay. A workout. And I'm doing it with him as much as I can do. Cause yeah. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> you're not the young buck anymore. No, right? not yeah. a stud anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it, it's probably the best time of my life mentoring my son like that. I'd never thought that I would be doing a 12 mile road march with my son, 45 oh my pounds gosh. on the back, you know, yeah. stuff like that, let alone teaching him how to stand in position of attention. Yeah. He's going to have a leg up when he gets in, you know, and I want to set him up for success, but do they I, still require the <clears throat> two miles in 13 minutes? Is that still? Oh happen? no. When I was in, I think the two mile time to max it was 1147. Oh, is that right? I believe wow. now it's like 13 something. So it's, it's changed, but the whole yeah. physical fitness test has changed. Now they do a deadlift, they throw a ball mm. and, uh, they, I think it's a weighted, you know, yeah. uh, medicine ball. And then they do some stretching, but they, they also do the pushups and setups, I believe. I'm not really up on the yeah. new one, but yeah. But yeah. you're staying fit. And I know our audience can't see you, but uh, you're fit. I mean, well, you're over 40 right. and you're fit. Well, you know, there's some structural damage. Yeah. And I, I tell people I was built cheap <laughs> because I can't do what I used to be able to do. Yeah. Um, but you do what you can. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Listen, I, you'd. You've got some experience with explosive ordnance. Uh, after the military, I think this was pretty compelling too, that you served as a protected agent for Bremer during his ambassadorship uh, in Iraq. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, how did that is. assignment come about? I mean, here you go from one thing, you jump into this was, I mean, you were handpicked. What, what happened there? So I was 13 years army guy yep. and then I wanted to go pararescue. So I switched over to the Air Force Reserves and to uh, the, 305th pararescue unit out of uh, Davis Mountain, and uh, <clears throat> I got injured in NDOC. So I went EOD, and right as I was finishing up my, my EOD school, I had a pararescue friend of mine that was working for Blackwater, and he gave him my name. They called me on a Sunday. I was there on Wednesday. The next Wednesday, I was protecting Ambassador Bremer in Iraq, and I, most of us on the detail, we really didn't have motorcade experience, know how to drive in a motorcade, um, mm. walking with a, with a protectee or anything like that. So it was jam packed week. And then we were, they had a whiteboard on the plane going over and they were telling us, you know, how to drive. And but every I mean, it was truly on the job training. <clears throat> it, it was, was on like, the job training. Figured out in the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And every spare chance we got when he wasn't doing a move and that guy, he worked 18 hours a day. He would do two hours on his stationary bike and he would sleep for like four hours. He'd do it every day. So we were always on the move. But any spare moment we got, we would go down to, I'm sure all your audience have seen pictures of those, those cross swords that Saddam had yep. in, in Baghdad. Yep. We'd go down there in this huge parking lot and we would, we would train and practice how to drive and, and everything. So yeah, it was a steep learning curve for sure. Man, but I mean, that speaks to the training, though. I mean, you, you had the discipline, you had the, the ability to think kind of outside the box and be ready to go for something that maybe you didn't know, right? Yeah, you, you never yeah. know. And I always told people, they pay me for two things. One, being, being away from my family. Yep. And two, what we might have to do. You're not training me to, you know, just sit here when nothing's happening, or you're not paying me. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I looked at it. Man, you... Um 
I mean, it's I, I look at your background, Scott, and, and, and I don't want to belabor this, but, but I think it's important that people understand your background, your history, because this is going to speak to the question I'm going to ask you here shortly, which is what drives you. But you're you're now a qualified arms uh, firearms instructor uh, through the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy. Um, you train Secret Service agents, FBI agents, local law enforcement, special ops. Um, I mean, it goes on and on, all ages, uh, all skill levels. What? You transition, sometimes we hear the stories about how our brothers and sisters struggle through transition. Absolutely. So how did you transition successfully? I mean, by all appearances, when I look and read your history, it looks like and sounds like a successful transition. So what was driving you to ensure that you had what appears to be a good transition? The drive, I think, comes from um, the focus on my goals and um, it really helped me transition by contracting because I'm with guys even though they're from every different service you know to uh, to do what I did as a contractor you had to have six years minimum special operations experience so we had SEALs and uh, MARSOC uh, from the Marine Corps PJs combat controllers and uh, Green Berets and other Rangers of course so um, that's that was the easy part you know and then when i i got injured and uh, had to have some surgery <clears throat> so it kind of put me on a, a path where all right i need to make a decision what i'm going to do and luckily uh, i had a friend who was doing protection for people with too much money pretty mm -hmm. much i'm not going to mention their names but they're uh they're a very wealthy family and uh i did that for a year but i was contracting so i would do yeah. three weeks with them I was in Indiana for a week and a half with my now wife, and then in Arizona for a week and a half with my kids, and I, and then I'd back, go back and do three weeks doing protection. Yeah. So it was constantly moving. I'm like, I can't do this forever, you know. Three weeks here, a week and a half here, it was crazy. <clears throat> and my wife, she reminded me that I had some property in Indiana, so I built this training facility out there, and uh, I immediately went to the law enforcement, and. Uh, it's always been a steady flow with law enforcement because they have they have minimum yeah. hours they have to they have to train yeah right yeah and that's worked well uh, the civilian side has been very good um, our kids classes are phenomenal and I enjoy training kids just as much as I enjoy with SWAT team kids don't have an ego no, you know it's good they'll absorb yeah. and absorb and absorb. Yeah. As, as long as there's that respect there and, and they respect you, um, people call me all the time. They go, hey, what's the minimum age? I go, I don't go by age. I've had eight-year-old girls that are more mature than 14-year-old boys in my class. Yeah. So we go off of the maturity level of the kids. Yeah. But you, I, what it sounds like now is you're mentoring youth in, in some oh, regards. I mean, all ages, of course. But again, following kind of in the footsteps that you followed is that mentorship model and then essentially equipping people to really be better, safer well, that's, in society. Is that right? That's absolutely a good point. And I tell people, like people say, my wife, um, she doesn't like shooting. And um, I bring up when Senator Gabriella Gifford yeah. got shot. Yeah. The guy that took down the shooter was uh, an elderly veteran 
who had a gun. He didn't draw the gun. He tackled the guy while he, the shooter while he was doing a magazine change or a malfunction or something. I don't exactly remember. Yeah. So as long as you know how the gun works, you know when you can run because fleeing is a viable option. Right. There's people that are paid to go towards gunfire. Yeah, that's and right. And my daughter's not one. Yeah. Right? So if she knows, okay, he cannot shoot me because of the malfunction or the magazine change, it's a good time to take off. Yeah. So just the fact of knowing how that tool works, you're, you're going to, you know, set yourself up for success. And I think that's an important point is knowing, having having a familiarity with it or, or an exactly. understanding of it, uh, not to fear it, but to understand it. Yeah. And to your point is you might not ever shoot one, but if you have an idea of how one works, then you you will know what to do. Just that minimum knowledge. Yeah. My, uh, my uh, traumatic wound care courses, yep. which I think we, we give them a lot to uh, teachers and in, in schools. Um, and then we, we supply them with medical gear and stuff like that. I've got a, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but them, just the bare basics of how a weapon works, I throw that in there mm. in, in that class because it's, it's just, it's kind of a force multiplier. Sure. You know? it, it really helps you out. Yeah. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to have some businesses that I work with that it's kind of like a complete package. There's a business called Safe Haven Defense that I work with and they put laminate on windows, okay? The laminate goes on the inside of a window. So if there's a bad guy on the outside, he cannot shoot through. Right. And it'll stop up to 223, so it'll stop AR-15. No kidding, um, yeah. But if there's a school resource officer on the inside or somebody who's armed, you can shoot through it and hit him. It's brilliant. It is. Yeah. And right. uh, I, th I was like, what's this, like Gore-Tex for bullets? It, right. it wicks the sweat away, but it doesn't yeah. let the rain in. It, yeah. But it's a, uh, it's a very interesting product. We can put it on vehicles. Um, we did a Jeep, and we armored the entire Jeep, and it doesn't add any weight at all to the vehicle, so you know, like a normal... So is it transparent, or is it opaque? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, ours is clearer than anybody else in the industry, I believe. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it'll stop up to two, two, three. Most people they don't, they don't do that much because it's usually handguns. Sure. In Rochester, Indiana, a month and a half ago, there was a guy. The school was on lockdown, and the guy shot the window because the door is made out of glass, and he went right in the school. That would have never happened if they it had this product. That. So that's that's one of the products that I'm really pushing towards school corporations. I've I've talked to the Indiana Sheriff's Association about it and uh, I'm trying to get it out there into schools it at minimum on the front entrance the side entrances we have smash proof where a bullet will go through it but somebody can beat on it for a half an hour with a baseball bat and not get in yeah see this is so so important I mean I did in for schools to have this for even conference room I, I mean it just makes total sense you know I, I want to switch this conversation up a little bit because you I, I I follow you on social media. Uh, you like to have fun. Uh, you're, you're patriotic. I love that. Um, but you're doing this, how to American. And it caught my attention because I'm like, what? what is this? How to American? Um, and I don't necessarily want to go down political rabbit trails or anything, but talk to us about 
the motivation behind these posts? Like, how do American, why is that something that you're focused on right now? So I started this January 1st, and so today is day 23 on How to American. And where it came about is a friend of mine um, moved to Europe, and the country that they live in, it's, it's a socialist system, pretty much. And uh, she said, I'll never move back to the United States because, you know, I like the socialist. I'm like, whoa, yeah. I think you forgot how to American. And that's where the idea came from. And then it kind of Got blossomed it. into getting quotes from the founding fathers and putting them on there. And then, of course, Facebook put me in jail. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, CRTV, Conservative Review Television. Yeah, they. I've done some stuff with them, and they posted it. So eighty-seven thousand people just instantly got it, and then it kind of went. I yeah. don't know if I'd say viral, but yeah, it's, it's been. I've got a lot of uh, positive feedback from. Yeah. It. So uh, talk talk to us a little bit about what does it really mean to be American? I mean, that, that it seems like we've. And I'm gonna I'm gonna digress a little bit. And Scott, if you're not comfortable answering, it's totally fine. No. But. Uh, it seems that we've become more the I generation, right? I mean, society isn't so much, like the one thing I appreciated about the Navy was it really was one team, one fight. I could disagree with your face, but you know, you, you always knew I had your back. Same went you know, the other way. It was always reciprocated. And it seems now that everybody's like a, their own individual country in and of themselves. Like, right. if I disagree with you, then you're 100% wrong and we're not friends anymore. Right. So when you say American, uh, what do you mean by that? What 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 point do you want to want people to get? You know, I'm I'm big on liberty, and I always think of that. It was a cartoon thing years ago where there's a thumb pushing down on a guy, and the the hand uh, it had on it government, and the guy was the normal American guy, and uh, we that's what we don't want. I want to be free to do what I want to do. I, First Amendment's huge. I mean, yeah. we couldn't do this probably without it. And uh, long-form discussion like this is the way to go. You're right. People lock down there into this identity politics, and it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Because their whole identity is wrapped around politics. Um, I, I'm not political. Actually, I've got some gripes with both sides. Sure. And yeah. uh, just... When we're when I'm saying how to American or being American, you know we need to get back to the basics. Yeah, and respecting each other, having some um, decency towards your fellow man or human, and uh, being able to work through problems. If if everybody could work through problems, we wouldn't need attorneys. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All of my ex-wives would probably agree. Right, <laughs> you know, we we just wouldn't need attorneys. If yeah. I could come to you yep. and say, "Hey, I know that um, you have this issue," yeah, we can still shake hands and uh, and talk through it. Maybe you know, and, and not only you may not or I may not bring you over to my side, but at least you can accept the reasons why I have my beliefs. And yeah. I can accept the reasons why you have your beliefs and I can respect that. That's right. And that's what it's, you know, boils down to. Respect. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. I, I think it's so important. I mean, I, I love the fact that you do, you know, gun safety and, and firearm safety and that I, that's critical and important, um, you know, cause there will always be bad people in the world, right? And that will 100%. always be necessary. So 
I also love the point that you're making about being able to talk through situations. I remember, you know, you remember this, I'm sure, years ago, the whole Win, Win the Hearts and Minds campaign, remember? And people thought that was a soft campaign. And uh, soft meaning soft, right. like squishy, right. like, man, I can't believe we're not going over and kicking <clears throat> some tail. Uh, and I thought, man, that's the most difficult campaign there is. I mean, you think about if we, if we in America today had that same philosophy, listen, our goal is to win the hearts and minds of our neighbors. Right. Right. That's, that's a difficult assignment today. Absolutely. That's like, a, that's like a, man, that's an embrace the suck assignment. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I've never equated it with the hearts and minds uh, mentality, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, so what did you learn through all your experiences, which, you know, the audience is clear on, on what your background is, pretty impressive. Um, we know that your training saved lives, but what did you learn in and from your experience in the military, you know, working, you know, security detail, private detail? How did that shape you to run the company that you're running now? Um, I ran a company, there, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into it, of course, but as long as I have a goal and a focus, and I don't take myself too serious, and I, I tell people that right when I start training. Hey, I don't take myself serious, but I take what we're doing serious. Okay, you can, I've got a pretty thick skin. You can give it to me, and I can, I can give it back, and we can have a good time while we're learning. Yep. Or, you know, so the focus on that, having fun, doing it, um, is really what drives me. Is is I like I like shooting, I like teaching kids, I like teaching adults. Um, I've I've always liked that, and I have no problem getting up in front of, you know, a group and and passing on what I've learned. And I'm not making any of this up. It's not like I, I invented this. Right. I'm passing on what was passed on to me from really good people. I've trained with some of the best in the world. I've worked with some of the best that were operated, the whole thing. And it's that mentality, that, that operator mentality, where you can't have an ego. If you have an ego, you're limiting yourself because you're not wanting to learn. Somebody calls me up and says, uh, hey, I want, you to, I want my wife to go through your class. I said, okay, why don't you join her? Oh, I've been shooting pheasants since I was a kid. You can't teach me anything. Mm. I'm just like, yeah. oh man, but yeah. people don't know what they don't know. Yeah, that's and, right. And that's hard to, uh, it's hard to, that's a tough nut to crack. But as long as there's a respect going back and forth, I love teaching their wives because they'll go home and they'll out shoot them. And they're like, oh, maybe there's something to this. I've had that happen several times. And then the wife comes back through the training with that person. So no ego. Yeah. Um, always keep your mind open. Yeah. Think outside the box. Yeah. Um, have a goal and work towards that goal. Even if it's if it's minor steps and you're gonna fail. Yeah. But it's Absolutely. failing forward, I think is what you're talking about. It's, oh yeah, is, learn is from never it. quit, right? right? Just keep get you know, set the mission, never quit. And you're gonna fail through it. Yeah. But get there. I, I think that's, that's a good way to put it. Fail through it. Yeah, fail through it. I think so, Tim Kennedy says fail fast. So oh, you can learn fail from often, it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So what I want to wrap this up, but what, what advice do you have for those, that one bit of advice, Scott, that you have for those that are transitioning now? Keep your friends close. You know, the, the friends that you had in the military, the friends that you had before the military, uh, they're two totally different people, and especially if they both aren't, you know, friends before and military. Um, 
don't be an elitist. Don't say, oh, they haven't gone through what I've gone through, so I don't even yeah. want to talk to them. Yeah. You know, you have to open yourself up and uh, really, you know, that's another ego thing. Put yeah. that aside. Put that yeah. aside. But you're talking about having a solid support network. Don't abandon your yeah, 100%. support network. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think yes. that's that's critical. How do people find you, Scott? Uh, BriggsCoreDynamics.com uh, or TrainBCD.com. Um, is is it okay to plug the, yeah. the companies I work with? Absolutely. So I'm the brand ambassador for Infidel Body Armor. It's a really good company owned by a really great guy, Chad Cooper. Uh, I've worked with Chad and we've done a couple DVDs, kind of an instructional DVD, but with a plot. Yeah. It's it's is really cool. Uh, always have a good time with Chad. And then I'm with Desert Design Development. They've got uh, some pretty good weapon platforms, integrated suppressors, the whole deal. Um, another one that I like to plug is Liberty Arms Incorporated, and they supply all of the medical kits that we put in schools. And uh, they're, they're totally customizable, and they work really well. If you want an expandable baton in your med kit so you can break out glass so you can get the students out of a classroom, yep. they'll throw one of those in there. That's so, cool. From tourniquets to expandable batons, just everything in between. Man, but, Scott, thanks for being my guest. I appreciate it. Man, thank I, you for I having admire me. you. Uh, you're doing great work out there. Keep doing it. Man, bravo, Zula. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs>